Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. This is episode 120. Today you'll be listening to myself, Mark Hirons, and Freya Betts. Freya is an incredible illustrator. Today in the podcast we talk all about her journey to becoming a freelance illustrator. We talk about the different jobs she's had and the tools she uses, as well as working with an agency. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. It's brought to you by Design Cuts. A link is down in the description if you want to go and get some graphic design resources whilst helping out the podcast. And if you are enjoying this podcast whilst listening to it, please do take a screenshot, share it on Instagram stories, tag at Creative Waffle. Without further ado, let's get into the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, can we talk a bit about who you are, about your background growing up, uh, your education and how you found illustration? Sure. Um, so when I was younger, I come from a very creative background. Um, my mum and my grandma were like artists and they really inspired me. I was brought up with like a constant stream of like drawings that I would hassle my grandma to draw me. Um, I drew more than I did anything else as a kid. I remember like showing one of my relatives all my drawings and he was like, do you watch TV? Do you do anything else? And I was like, no, I literally just draw. Well, like I used to watch a bit of Tracy Beaker, so I'm just getting my dog off of me. Um, yeah, so I've always been into art um, and I've always also been into graphic design. Um, when I was younger, like I would always be interested in shop signs or um, packaging, things like that. Um, I think there was one day that stuck out to me when I knew I wanted to be a graphic designer. My mum took me to um, a gallery and after that we went to a smoothie bar and in the smoothie bar was this girl, she was probably in her early 20s and she was just with her smoothie and she had a laptop and she was designing something and I was like, wow, mum, what is she doing? Like, what's her job? And my mum was like, oh, she must be like a graphic designer. And I was like, that's it. I want to be that girl in the smoothie bar and I want to be a graphic designer. Um, yeah, so to my education, I, there wasn't any graphic design. I, 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 went, I did A-levels and there wasn't any graphic design. Um, options. So I took art and I took um, photography and I took history. So that was the closest I could do to it but anything sort of arty I always kept my illustration as well. Um, and then I went on from A-levels and I went and did an apprenticeship. When I was doing my A-levels everyone was going to uni. Um, it wasn't something that particularly stuck out to me. I don't know why. I think maybe it was because I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a graphic designer. And of course there was a graphic design course, but for some reason I went to open days and I didn't have my full heart in it, but at school that was the only sort of option they gave us. So it was, I was, I was gonna go to uni. It wasn't hundred percent what I wanted to do, but for me, there wasn't really any other option. I feel like um, the school was quite probably pushy because statistics, Basically, if they're if they're got a lot of people going to uni, then it looks good for the school, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. No, I found so, that. Uh, did you as well? Yeah. So we're, we're, you're a year older than me. Like, I, well, yeah. first going back to the Tracy Beaker stuff. That was a great program. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah, the yeah the university it was very very pushy to, to go. Yeah. Um, There's so many other routes, especially graphic design. I mean, I made a video about it yesterday, and it's all. It, there's, there's so much you can do now outside of it like shorter courses because I, I went to a, to a shorter graphic design course in London instead of going to uni so it's like but yeah they're very it's frustrating how pushed they are in, in some sense I know yeah uh, you didn't go to uni either no I know yeah that's interesting um yeah I mean there was a, I don't even know if there were any people that didn't go to uni after A levels it, it yeah. just wasn't really spoken about and you had to what was it? What's it called? The open statement? Or you have to write a statement at my school. Whether you, I mean, it's good practice, I'm sure, but whether you weren't going or not. And um, yeah, so what I did was someone, unfortunately, is a little bit like someone you know, but someone I knew was said, oh, I know um, someone who works 
in the film industry does design. And I was like, oh, amazing. And they passed me his email address. This was my other half's friend's partner. Okay. So I didn't, I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know them, but I managed to get his email address through them. Yeah, it's like and, yeah. Yeah. And I just said, hey, would you, would you mind if I came up for a bit of work experience? He was like, sure. And I went up there and I loved it. Something clicked. Uh, I really just, whilst there was so much university talk, I feel like this was almost, this was what I wanted to do. I wanted to skip all that and just go straight to it. So I went there and I went there every like half term every summer holidays I kept in con contact and I became friends with them all and out of the blue I just it was coming up to September and I was I think I was going to start doing um, the foundation course at college and I had a place for it and all this talk I was I was like would you mind or would you ever consider taking me on as an apprentice and it was quite a small company at the time and he was like we've never done this before yeah but it would I, w I would love to let's do it now and I was like no way <laughs> so I've, I think it was like two months to go and by September I was working there and I was working in London as an apprentice and it was amazing um, the company uh, their clients were Universal and Paramount and I never thought for a second at the age of 18 I would be working on such big film campaigns yeah. and it was just amazing amazing to be able to step into that so what sort of stuff um, were you doing there? Like, was it more um, design based? So they localised film campaigns, which, so all the billboards, we, we would basically get like a one sheet of a film, which is like a normal poster size. And then we would adapt them to billboards, buses, everything for uh, countries like Mexico, Russia, just wow. across the whole world. Yeah, it was, it was really interesting. I learned so much there. I mean, like I, I didn't know much Photoshop. I had learned a little bit on my own. I mean, I learned from <laughs> making MySpace layouts and stuff like that. <laughs> like that was the basis. That's where I first started to learn and teach Photoshop myself. I, and like, uh, yeah, just making little basic MySpace layouts. And I went from that to learning there and they taught me Illustrator and they taught me InDesign. So it was really amazing. Um, the apprenticeship was really good on their behalf. Um, I did uh, one day at college a week. Okay. It was interesting. There was a, like some weird parts of the apprenticeship where, for instance, uh, every month or every few weeks, I used to have to report on like the health and safety. And it was... <laughs> And it was like, I've got nothing to say. And I'd have to, um, I'd have to be like, well, Gemma, Gemma showed me the fire extinguishers today and I learned that there was nine fire extinguishers on the floor. And then it, it just went right out of things to say. And uh, if the fire alarm went off, I'd be really happy because I'd be like, oh, I can do a full report on this. And um, tea or something or... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm always, always watching out for something health and safety. And then also the weird one was I used to have to report on the multiculture of the place monthly. So it was, it was like I'd be like, oh, you know, it's multicultural. It's really good because we're localizing, we're translating uh, film campaigns into different languages, like the titles. Yeah. So it's really great. Brooke is Taiwanese, like. She, she can help out the translations. But then it got to a point where it's like every month I've got, I've got nothing to say. And then it also felt like I was singling out people. Right, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you don't, I don't understand why I had to do it monthly. But <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of sort of paperwork and reporting on really odd things that weren't to do with graphic design. Yeah. I don't know. I guess uh, but, it sounds like they're sort of t testing you to see how their company runs. Like from an app, like yeah. you're new to the company. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Strange. <laughs> it, is, it was strange. But yeah, the apprenticeship was really good. And then after that, I was a junior art worker. So I worked as an art worker. And I stayed there for about two and a half years. Uh, I learned a hell of a lot there. That was my basis. And then after that, 
I went to a company called Tea and I went in as um, just an art worker. So I, I, I left the junior title, which was amazing. I think I was 20, 21, maybe just about turning 21. That's quite yeah, young, so like getting rid of a do, like that job role. That's cool. I know. I, I was really, I felt really privileged to be able to do that. <laughs> It was so odd because there was so many companies, there's a really small amount of companies in London that work on film-based design artworking. Right. And T, I went on there and they were applying for the same role that I was looking for. And it was, it was just by chance, a really amazing timing that I was looking as well. And I went there and they're much more design-based. Mm. So that, because at XY, that's the company I worked before. There was a certain point where, you know, there was a lot of artwork and I really wanted to be more in design. And T also really liked the fact that I drew. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I did in my spare time. Sorry, are you doing all of this, like the, all of the drawing and illustration stuff part-time throughout, throughout yeah. the whole thing? Spare time, sorry, I completely forgot to say that. So, <laughs> um, whilst I was at XY, I bought my first Wacom tablet. I think okay. actually, yeah. So when I started there, I bought my first Wacom tablet. And I was illustrating in my lunch times um oh, when I got home from work which was quite intensive because I mean I got home at like eight o'clock and by that and I was commuting and it was four hours commuting a day wow where are you going from Lily which is a village near Hitchin so I had like a a drive into the town and then park up and walk to the train station and then two trains Blimey. so it was two hours door to door yeah with the traffic yeah um so and then but i managed to still come home and still draw and work, work on my portfolio is that a bit like was, a, sort of a, an escape from from all the work like you, you start drawing and then yeah. that's just free <laughs> yeah yeah it was like that yeah and then at team i think my illustration really kicked off because they really pushed it and they got me drawing where when when and wherever they could which was really great so that wasn't in the job title. I was an art worker, but they were like, hey, Frey, can you draw this for this? And they they made so much effort to try and keep that in with work, which was really, really great. They were just really supportive. Like, if I'm doing it at lunch, everyone will come over and be like, oh, what's that? Which was really great, and I feel like that really boosted me. Yeah, that's awesome. I, again, I was still working, like, after work. The commute was a lot less, so it gave me a lot more time, and I feel like I could invest in illustration side a lot more um and then after that so i was there for about a year and a half and then after that uh, i was signed by an agency called jelly yeah i heard so yeah that's, that's what gave me the the leap to become a freelancer yeah so that's the newest part that's where i'm at now in the journey <laughs> so, so when you were working at these these companies and were you the youngest yeah. person there yeah i that's was where, yeah, so like, how, how was that? And obviously that everyone's coming over at lunchtime and seeing all your, your amazing work. Like, yeah. how did that, what did that feel like? Yeah, it was good. I mean, I, I fit in with them. I mean, one of my closest friends, Carolina, was like twice my age, but we got on like any, any other friends that I had. I really, I felt like I fit in anyway. So that was good. That wasn't a huge difference. Um, everyone there was just really lovely, both companies. I really and I've made some lovely friends as well. What, what did they think about like uh, university and stuff? Do they they ask you about degrees and anything, or or not really? They're not really fussed about no. it. Yeah. No, they didn't. Uh, I feel like yeah, they they didn't. None of them asked. Not all of them went to university themselves. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you don't perhaps have to when you're doing that. I mean. I don't think it's an absolute necessity or a requirement. I think a lot of it's down to your portfolio. So that shouldn't always be a limit because not everyone there went to university themselves. And I was quite surprised that in in the interview with T, not once did I get asked either. So. Did you show them that your illustration work whilst you're going for that, those interviews? No. Yeah, I did. I did for both. I remember at T, they were like, no, we even draw, we just want that as well. Yeah. So that was really good. Cool. Yeah, I always check in the illustration as well. What sort of mediums have you been doing, like drawing and, and like what sort of stuff you've been using? Just pencils, like when you were younger, like it was about the Wacom yeah. tablet, so that was, what was that, pencils and sketching stuff and pads? 
Yeah, um, when I was younger, I would always be drawing like pencils. Uh, and then I went into watercolours, I would always paint watercolour. And then, yeah, the Wacom, I'd never, you know, when you were younger, I never even thought you could paint on a computer. It was, and it's so different to drawing. It's an amazing how, you know, the advantages and, well, there aren't many disadvantages, but how you can just excel in something. And it went all digital, yeah. Uh, uh, what's your favourite thing about about the digital side of it? And, and do you prefer digital to normal? Um, I mean, there is amazing uh, aspects of digital because you can you can go over as many times as you want and you without the stress of with watercolor. Oh God! Like if you make no matter what point of the stage you're painting, if you make a mistake right at the end, then you've messed up. There's no going back. Yes. So I think with digital, you have um, more flexibility and you don't have that pressure. You can be a bit more expressive, try out a new style without the stress of, you know, if you mess it up, then that's it. And that is also quite disheartening sometimes. I mean, yeah, because you've got the edit undo, although I try not to use that. I try and keep it as close to fine art as possible. So I still like draw freehand. But yeah, I mean, there's a, you know, you don't have to get all your paints out and it's a lot, you don't need a lot of space. You've just got the computer, which is really great. Yeah, so I think I, I've been able to be a bit more experimental, save time, just get where I want to be in a sort of short amount of time, yeah. Nice. Uh, and obviously you're doing these outworking jobs. Uh, was there any point where you realised, actually, I could probably do illustration full time? Yeah, I mean, when I was at team, my work was picking up because uh, I would freelance outside of work. They said I was allowed to do that and they really encouraged me to do that as well, which That's was cool. really great. That support. That's great. Oh, it was lovely. My the one before that you you weren't allowed to do that was it was in my contract not to. So, um, I think that's why it really kicked off when I was at T my illustration. Because uh, I said, would you mind if if I worked for other agencies? Would you mind if I did a paid work? And he was like, do it. Take as much as you physically can on without obviously being too overworked but get all the experience that you possibly can and we'll be here to help. They were so supportive, it was lovely. And um, I don't really understand why like, the companies wouldn't want you to do that because surely it's gonna help your job anyway. Like, if, you, if you're being creative outside your job, it's gonna help him like, be better at your job anyway. So, yeah. yeah, I know. I don't, I'm not too sure why that was the case. But it, yeah, it, it was a shame it was like that. Um, yeah, so you, so, yeah, sorry, go on. I think you're gonna say it. Why did you move on to like, uh, why did you move on to like, like full-time freelance? Like, it just picked up too much. You got loads and loads of work. Yeah. You carry on. Yeah, and it picked up, and I was thinking, okay, maybe I'm ready. The work is picking up, and I'm getting more and more clients. And um, so, I a few years ago, I went to a portfolio review, and Jelly were holding it. I think this was just before I went to T, and they all followed me on Instagram. And then about a year after, they contacted me and said, oh, you know, we've been keeping an eye on you. Um, are you ready to, are you, are you freelancing? What, what are you up to? Would you be ready to freelance? And I said, I've just started a new job. And I was, <laughs> I'm really loving it. Uh, I'm not quite ready yet. But I was learning so much more at T. Um, yeah, so I kept in contact with them. And then about year after a year and a half and I said I'm ready is the office still there and I'm out of them and luckily it was so that was the thing that gave me the big leap nice and so as well as the picking up the work and me realizing maybe this is possible and them saying hey we can take you on I was like it's time and also I knew the opportunity wasn't going to lay like just be there forever yeah. and I'm I still live at home so that is a big factor. I don't have any bills to pay, luckily. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. we're like, that also isn't going to stay forever. You know, if I was tied down to some rent, maybe it would have been too risky. I thought, now's the time. I've got, I've got these signs. I better, I better make the leap. That's a good point. That's really good. So like, something I encourage young, young people is, is taking the opportunities like, when they come. Like, so it's, yeah, that's, that's amazing that you just sort of, so you saw it, you, you, realised it wouldn't be there forever and then really took yeah. it. Yeah, 
I mean, there was just lots of things that made sense to do it right now. And it was difficult because I didn't want to leave my company, T. Yeah. I really loved it there and I was learning a lot. And I said to them, you know, I love being here. I love the work you give me. Um, if you ever need me as a freelancer, I would love to still work for you. And they said, yeah, sure. And I have worked for them a few times, which is great because I've got the best of both worlds. I still, I still have the really good work, which is more design. So I've still got that design element in my life and I've still got the illustration element. So I've got the best of both worlds and I'm very grateful for that. That's awesome. Yeah. And like advice to young people again, what would you, because we're both living at home, we're both living with our parents, yeah. uh, we're, we're both really trying to go for it. What sort yeah. of advice would you give to young people um, who haven't maybe gone to university or, or even just are making that decision um, and uh, a crossroads, should they go for it or should they not? Yeah. I would say get yourself out there as in when I did the work experience so you know I, I contacted someone I'd got myself like I think I went there for just a few days so make some contacts like that yeah. um, again like the portfolio review I think oh god if I'd never gone to that you know if, if I contacted Jelly through an email then I would have been one person on the list of many like you know there are so many people probably contacting them every day yeah i feel like going to that portfolio review and seeing them face to face was probably a lot more beneficial than contacting them so just sort of try find little ways around it that make you stick out a bit more um so have that sort of contacts and support if that's what you're interested if you want to have like an agent um i mean another advice I would give is to save up quite a substantial amount so a good few months of wages so if you did leave your job and you want to go freelancing that is just a, a lot of weight off your shoulders so if you have if it doesn't I mean you never know whether it's going to work out or not mm. to say you have quiet weeks or maybe even a quiet few months at least you've got something to fall back on and you're not going to stress too much yeah, and if it doesn't work out, then that's not the end of the world. You can go back into a job if that's so, you know, but at least you've got some money to keep you going for a while. Yeah. So, yeah, and then if you've got the clients and the contacts, that really does help. Um, and just keep, I think face-to-face -face is a good way to meet people, like meet them for coffees and whatever. I think it's cool. stick more than emailing or something. Yeah, because it puts a face to the name, doesn't it? That's a really good way of doing yeah. it yeah um, yeah i think i think probably my best clients have probably been face to face so yeah. far um i don't think anyone stick uh, out more yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah they, they become more personal like more more of a friend if if anything uh, yeah absolutely cool. um yeah. have you found getting clients and, and has that been okay for you yeah that's been fine um i don't know where they find me i think social media yeah. <laughs> uh, must be where where people find me which is really good I mean if you're on point with your Twitter and Instagram I know it's quite time consuming sometimes but I think it definitely makes a difference nowadays I, I've I found a few on Behance as well so I think the power of social media gives you a platform for people to contact you which is really helpful yeah I think I think about how, how I found you. I think I think it was from the, the end of the fucking world stuff. Um, oh, was it? Yeah, I never know whether, know whether to swear or not on this because when you upload it, like you got a button which says explicit or clean. And I always click clean, but I swear, like I say, therefore quite a lot on it anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's, it's from that from that work. Um, yeah. And it, yeah, I just thought, wow, this is this is incredible. Um, oh, thank you. Uh, how. Uh, what are your thoughts on talent being uh, like a thing you're born with and and if it can be nurtured at all uh, can, can it be um, grown i think with practice it can definitely go further i mean everything i've done is through practice as well i mean i have drawn faces like repeatedly and proper studied them mm. like as a child that is all i drew faces faces um so i mean you, i don't think you have to naturally be good at art you can definitely if you invest the time in it and have the patience i think it's definitely something someone can do if it's say you know they they haven't always done art as a child i think 
and they're starting at a later age, I think you definitely have a chance. You don't have to be gifted or born with it. So with the studying of things, like how much yeah. detail do you go into? Like how, how, how do you study someone's face? Um, so I, I always have, with the digital art, I always have a reference photo next to it. So I draw freehand. So I'll have my reference photo next to it and my blank canvas on the other side. Um, and I just go from there. But my art teacher always said to me, look at your reference image or look at your observation observation more than you look at your own painting. I, I really followed that. I mean, I studied, literally like, studied the face so much. And with digital art, this is another thing that really advances you, but you can zoom in. And you can't really zoom in to, because I'd print out something I'm copying if I was doing water, watercolour. I mean, you can look closely, but you can't zoom into the very pixel and yeah. see the detail on someone's skin. But you can with digital painting. And I feel like that is what really has helped me. So I feel like at the beginning of painting something, it could be two hours into it. And I've only just noticed like a little mark on their face or something. So the more you look at the image, it's almost like reading a book and uncovering layers. The more you look at it, the more time you spend looking at it, you start to notice new things about it. So you really have to look and zoom and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, but that also really depends on the reference imagery. That's less the case when it's a really ropey image. I mean, I love, I love a really good high-res detailed image that's just my favorite I'm like oh my god I have to paint that <laughs> I can see their skin texture and everything I love that <laughs> so it's like when you're doing it are you thinking about layering up and like if you're using real artwork like real real materials are you thinking about layers and and how you go from the, the just the canvas and building on top of it you're doing that the same in digital as well yeah um I always have like my base base color and then I don't really have rules of when to make layers but I do just randomly make layers which is really helpful that's also another advanced thing with digital art because if you're drawing someone's hair and you're painting it here you can then go a layer underneath and paint their top or something yeah. so that is super helpful whereas watercolour you have to paint around and it's quite hard to you know you don't have white watercolour really that shows up on black so you have to sort of paint the negative space or not paint the negative space um but with digital you know you can go underneath things you don't have to paint around it so that's really really good and helpful um it's always good to build up layers because i quite like turning them on and making a little gif or something you can see the detail build up that's good, yeah, yeah. It's good you know if so if you draw a bit of texture on the skin you want to you know you've done the texture wrong and you can erase just the texture and not the whole face so that's really helpful if yeah like what's an ideal process of how to get into the, the industry of, of being your own illustrator and working for yourself i would say build up a portfolio focus on your personal work that's what i did um your personal work shows you the most and also keeps you sane if you keep that throughout your freelancing um because sometimes if you're working with clients it might not be 100 percent what you want to what you want to do so keep on top of your personal work try and express you as much as possible keep the contacts and yeah just go for it i think also if you have a good support group of friends i mean a lot of my friends i've met through poster spy okay yeah so i've, I've heard been, about poster spy yeah uh, matt roth does a lot of stuff to do with poster spy and yeah. i've, no idea what it's I've about. met him i've met him through poster spy poster okay. spy do really good meet and greets um, and also they've got a good Facebook group. And I've met like a really good handful of people um, through that. So what is it? Uh, oh, it's, um, so you up upload, you can upload your work and it's all um, poster based. A lot of it's film based, but it could be like a music poster. It could be a TV series poster. It could be anything. Um, and yeah, it's just a platform that you can post your art and you can view other people's art and it's, it's really amazing. It's, it's literally changed my direction because I started off not really knowing what to illustrate. And then Post Spy commented on one of my Instagram posts and they're like, oh, can you upload this to our website? And I was working in film and I was 
illustrating, but I never thought to combine the two. And it gave me a sense of direction because mm. I suddenly I knew what to I knew what to paint. I was like, I'm going to paint film, film posters and stuff. So I, th I think it's it's been a really good platform. So I've met a good few people through there, and there's a group of everyone who's on the website. And it's really good to be connected with those things because if you need some advice, they will listen to you and they will answer you. And there's hundreds of them that are probably all in the same place or have got experience of it. And if you're starting off as a freelancer, that is definitely helpful. Um, but even if you don't have that, if you're not in a group or you haven't been to a meet and greet, just ask anyone random. I mean, I... I def I know I would definitely help you out if if anyone's ever in need. I will happily give you advice, and I've I think I contacted a few randoms before. Just be like, hey, I really like your work. Would you mind just helping me with this little issue I have, or can you give me advice on this piece of art I've done? The community is so lovely and supportive. I found um, that they will help you most likely help you, and it's really great to have that support of people that can help you with little questions. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think that's one of the main things for me, really. I mean, there's so many people I can think of. I've asked for advice and the industry is, yeah. is very, like you say, very kind and very giving because they've been in that situation before. Uh, yeah. Just reaching out. I mean, even this podcast, like reaching out to people and saying, would you like, would you mind sharing a story on the podcast? That would really help me out as well. And, and I'd like to hear it. Uh, that's, that's still asking absolutely. for help. But yeah, how, yeah. Have you find, how have you found Jelly and like, uh, and what are they all about for people who don't know? Um, Jelly is an agency that represents some artists. Um, I think they do anima animators, illustrators. Um, they, I've, so I've had, I've had my first job with them. They launched me around Christmas time and I've had my first job with them. And already I've learned so much <laughs> with that first job. It's been really good because as you're starting off as a freelancer, there are some aspects where maybe you won't have the confidence to say to a client, no, or, you know, that's a little too much work for an, an amend. That's pretty much like starting the whole thing again, or, yeah. you know, little things like that. Um, and Jelly have helped because they've stepped in at the right times. And I've really learned when you should step in when a client is, you know, because I think it was on the last round and they said, this is colour adjustments only. And they, they had an amend that wasn't a colour adjustment. And they were like, no, you have to pay for that. Which I think is really, 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 really good because the worst thing as well is when you, it's quite disheartening when you're doing some work and, you know, you, you're underselling yourself or something. But Jelly, Jelly didn't let that happen. They stepped in and it, you know, maybe further down the line, I would have been like, no, I'm not happy with that. But when you're starting off and you don't have the confidence, then I'm thinking maybe I would have been like, oh, okay, you know, do you know, do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I do, I do. We get that in design as well, where you, where you, yeah. you're a bit, yeah, you, you sort of, you don't want to put them off. Like, so you want them yeah. to keep them coming. Yeah, you want to keep them happy. So yeah. you sort of maybe compromise with something you're not entirely happy with. But maybe that's just me, but, you know, not having as much confidence maybe not everyone would be like that but I feel like starting off there are some aspects that I could probably be stronger with yeah yeah and how, how have you found the whole like getting getting a, an agent because it seems to be pretty easy for you like obviously the talent of work I suppose they, they were pretty yeah. keen on you and then you came back to them yeah um, I was really lucky with that again I think that was because it was face to face um I feel very fortunate that they were interested in me, interested in me. Um, would you would you recommend getting an agent if you're starting out or like? Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, it's not for everyone, but it's really really helped me again with like the when to step in. Um, they they speak with the client. I mean, I definitely if you're with an agent and you can do some freelance work as well, if you're not completely exclusive, I would recommend that because jelly deal with the clients uh, I don't speak with them but I really think it's important to speak with clients still I practicing emails and liaising I think you still need to work on that as well otherwise later on it will be a bit like daunting so little jobs here and there will help with that um, so I think that's also important to have too 
Are you, are you allowed to talk about like what your deal is with Jelly? Like how much freelance work are you allowed to do? And like, are they talking to the client? Do you get to talk to them at all? Or um, yeah. what's like the um, interactions between you, the client and Jelly? Yeah, so I have been on some conference calls with the clients, which has been good to speak to them. Um, but Jelly, so if I do the work, I'll send it to Jelly. Jelly will send it to the clients. Okay. I am part of a sort of scheme called futures so this is for people who probably just finished university or just starting out and they haven't got much commercial work under their belt so because I, I joined jelly with only only my personal work I mm. didn't have any big brands or anything so when you're starting off like that it might be hard for a brand to pick pick you over over someone with a hell of a lot um so they work closely with me I don't know I don't know if I wasn't part of the futures that I would be dealing with the client or whether that's something because I'm part of that. I would have to ask them to be honest. Um, they say they will go out and promote my work a little bit more and try and get me clients and big commercial work, which is really good. But I do, they do take a higher percentage for that. Right. But I, mean, I was, I was more than happy to do that. And how often do you speak to them? Is it like a regular day-to-day like -day basis, week basis, or? Yeah, um, because I'm quite local. It's, I have come up to them for lunches, and I go over to their offices, and I met all of them as soon as I launched. Um, so they're really good because I get on with them as well, and I've I felt like there was a good connection between us right from the start because I remember them asking you know have you have you looked at any other agencies like why would you be why are you happy to go with us rather than anyone else and I said well I've you know I met you at the portfolio review and we've kept in contact you know and it was really nice and we all get on and there's also like a sort of connection as well which is really great yeah so That's I see them quite regularly yeah uh, I just wondered sort of how, how, it all, how it all works because from my perspective, I'm you know, not not an agent. I don't have an agency. Yeah. Have I'm not with an agent? Uh, for graphic design, I think I don't know how it works. Really, graphic design. I, I guess it's similar to to illustration, where you, where you get an agent. They they help promote your work. You do yeah. work for them. They take a commission, which makes sense. Uh, and also they connect you with like big brands as well. Like you, you were talking about, they sort of help you reach people that may not be able to do, may not be able to do work for. Like I know Geo Geo Laws work with. I think it's with one in New York as well as the UK. And they promote stuff in other countries for him, so it's, it's it's really good for him to get his work to other countries and and oh, yeah. really helps. Yeah. yeah, Jelly have just um, opened up in LA okay. as well. Like as soon as was, that's also like another sign that I was like, yeah, I should definitely go for it because they've yeah. literally just opened up a um, an office in LA. So they were like, yeah, let's get your work out in America, and I'm like, yes, this, that would be absolutely amazing. <laughs> so yeah, I mean. I wouldn't really have that connection without an agency. So that's yeah. really good. But yeah, so it's so a freelance on your own. How, how have, did you call it freelance? Or did you say like working for yourself? Because I find that a bit strange. Oh, what did I say? No, no, like, like in general, like people call it freelance. Oh, that's like, right. but that's like working for another company, isn't it? It's like, a yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I always, I always say when I used to work, people yeah. are like you don't work anymore and I'm like um I do I just freelance but I guess that's a good thing because it shows that I don't really see work as work and it's more of a passion and I love that I can mix the two together but I do I do see the nine to five as like when I used to work and I and it's so odd to think I used to have that nine to five life it's so different now do you work a lot more now or is it, is it do you still stick to a nine to five sort of schedule I try and keep a routine um but I mean because I really enjoy it sometimes I carry on till late at night just because I'm really stuck into the work and I'm it's not it's not entirely like oh I have to meet this deadline so I can carry on till like late at night but I don't see that as work I don't yes. see that oh my god I've worked till this time it's just I've carried on I haven't even looked at the clock and um, I can sympathize with that because like when people say work-life balance I find it's it's just literally just it's just the same thing. Like if you're making it the same thing and that's that's something you're doing, something you love, then it's yeah perfect. I think that's the way to go. And also, there's a good balance because some days I'm waiting for clients to um, reply, so sometimes it can give me like an afternoon off. Yeah. And when you're doing something, which 
I think is the same for all creative, whether it's illustration or design. You know, you do need that time to refuel and recharge, and it's really important to just have a little break. And then when you come back to it, you're even better. Because that's yeah. what I was finding with the jelly job. I mean, what helped me was that I couldn't, I couldn't have a break. I had to work. But if I just had like a little ten minute sort of like a power nap but like a macro break or something I just took the dog across the road like into the field just for 10 minutes and come back like you can't have a big break you can't have a day off but if you just have a 10 minute refresh that does really help yeah yeah it's taking those moments isn't it yeah you've given tons of advice already throughout the episode but like what's your number one bit of advice for creatives probably the the sort of do you and do your personal work I mean to keep yourself keep your work true to you mm. i mean i think matt roff might have covered this but someone we know like they changed their style and the agency weren't happy with it so we left and i thought sort of like good on you for keeping you know keeping it true to you and not having to change for anyone but i mean yeah he still had like quite a good portfolio and a lot of clients under his belt and stuff but i mean just try and keep your work as expressive to you as possible and I think that will make you happier as well. So, so my next question is like on that is like, how do you keep your work based around you? How, how what are you doing to keep you in your work? Um, well, I don't know. I'm always sort of chasing this style. I don't know what's what the style is, but I'm always like, I need to find my style. I need to find my style. So just having some time out to do what you want. I mean, when I my inspiration when I go on Pinterest and Behance, I get together a whole mood board of work that I love and I have it I'll have it as my desktop background all right so having something to always be inspired by and you want to work towards it I mean but this changes like every two weeks I'm like oh that's old I need this new new sort of design or style now so having that and keep inspired and working towards something and also sometimes I start work and I think right this is just for me I'm not going to post it on Instagram because sometimes I feel with social media, which is really bad, and I wish I wasn't like it, but sometimes I think, oh, you know, I'm going to do this because it's a really current thing. Like, I think it would kick off well or get a lot of feedback. So sometimes I try and clear that and I'll be like, okay, I'm not going to post this on Instagram. This is entirely for me. I'm not going to be pressurised by what I think people might want, or although that's sometimes a good brief to do. But yeah, just try and invest yourself without any pressures, what you inside really want to do and what you want to work towards and what you're inspired by and pull that all in and create something. And then if you do like it, maybe put it on Instagram <laughs> and then see where that takes you. But just don't feel too pressured by it all. Because I mean, I had a friend who um, she was like, oh, I'm just worried what people will say, it's rubbish. I was like, no, don't don't let the pressures of social media get to you. And then even still, post it and then see people's feedback. It is good. Like it doesn't always have to, you know, try and get that pressure away for that people are judging you entirely. But even if you do post it, a lot of people or if you want to ask for advice on it, it's quite a supportive community. Yeah, that's something that a lot of young people struggle with is is like the social media like playing to numbers and playing to like, how many people like it and and just yeah it, it's a real it's a difficult thing for young people because they've been brought up with that that number next to their names <laughs> i know i find that so surreal it's like someone is valued more by this number yeah they? you know someone with a lot of followers is like oh you know they're they're seen as i don't know they're valued more just because they've got a following it's really surreal yeah. it's just a number next to your name um, I know Kanye West, he said, out of all the bizarre things he's ever said, but this one I really thought, yeah. He said, wouldn't it be good if Instagram had no followers? You couldn't see the likes, you just posted the photo. That would be really interesting, wouldn't it? You couldn't see how many people following them. It's literally solely because of the photos. But would you... It, that, I mean, I, I want social media to do that. I, lo I love that. That'd be great. Um, mm. But would people use it? I mean, maybe maybe you shouldn't. Hello. Maybe that'd be great. But I'm not sure if people would use it if if because because they won't get that gratification that they get by having those likes. Yeah, I know. I mean, there is negatives and there are positives because also I could say that the support on Instagram really really helps me. I mean, that is part of the. I mean, there are different. Like, I feel like I keep going backtracking myself, but there really are bad things and good things. So you just got to try find the balance, not get too pressured. But also, there are good things as well. The positives are you post a bit of work and 
I like literally in my heart, in my chest, I feel it like so happy, like bursting with happiness when I see people's comments and, yeah. and their support. And when they retweet me, I'm like, oh, thank you so much. Like it really is great. And it really does motivate me. So, I mean, you have to sort of be in, in between of, you know, not feeling too pressured and worried and do stuff without trying to clear the social media. But if you are proud of something, then put it up and, and the feedback is great also. Yeah. So don't let it control you, but it is good at times too. That's a good point. Is it, I think it should be used more as a, an outreach um, thing, so you can reach out to other people and reach out, like we were talking about in this episode, reaching out to people and messaging yeah. other people and asking for advice rather than seeking people liking your work. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's also good. Yeah. Uh, people on social media, do they ever say, no, that can't be real, that's a photo, like, to your work? Uh, no, they haven't said that to me, but... Oh. I've done um, some sort of like exhibitions and I did like a Comic-Con store. People are like, oh, what if, you, what if you just traced it or something? Or have you gone over the photo? Or have you, have you, um, have you put a filter on it? And I'm like, no, I've spent hours painting it from scratch. <laughs> so what, what I started to do at those pop-ups um, markets and exhibitions i had my laptop there and i did a process video so they can see that i'm literally starting from scratch and i'm not tracing i'm not going over the photos literally freehand so that's really helpful i need to do some more process videos so people can see that because i think i've only done two and posted them so yeah people do question that yeah, no, I was just wondering because when I first sort of see people's work like yours, and um, there's a yeah. football illustrator called uh, Phil, Phil Galloway, and he, yeah, they're, they're like your work and his work are similar in the fact that they're really, really lifelike. They're, mm. they're, they're almost, they're amazing. Like, yeah, it's. Oh, I have to have a look. I haven't yeah. heard of him. Yeah, it's, I'll send you a link to him, but uh, he's a really nice guy as well. He's got a good moustache. He's got a good moustache. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's your best purchase under £100? I would say my first Wacom, which I think was about 60 pounds. I can't say the Wacom I've got now because it's a bit more expensive, Yeah. but my first Wacom, because that got me into digital art. So, and that was under a hundred pounds. It was really, really good price, I think, <laughs> to yeah. be able to do, to do that. <laughs> it's really cool. Nice. Are there still Wacom tablets out there for under a hundred pounds? Don't know. This was um, literally about this big, but it was good because I was working on a, on a tiny 13 inch laptop yeah yeah we used to have those at school i think really i didn't i didn't have anything like that at school yeah i mean our school was it, it was good in that sense but we hardly ever got them out and oh, we hadn't okay. them, but hardly, like, they're, they're sort of protective over it that's i think it's college yeah. actually just yeah yeah just to show when like oxford oxted come over and is it oxted yeah Oxted, Oxted. yeah and they come over and like, everyone get the tablets out that's it we're creative yeah. we're, we're <laughs> uh, um oh yeah we didn't have any of that i really i didn't even know wacom tablets really existed until i did work experience yeah. so yeah I mean, using do, do you ever do like illustration with mouth the mouse and no like, i can't use a mouse anymore yeah <laughs> even just general like <laughs> sending my hand just doesn't work I <laughs> might be good because you get like this claw hand that you, you start. <laughs> start Do you use the Wacom tablet? No, no, I'm still mouse. Um, oh, have you not thought to try? Yeah, I, uh, I like the idea of it, but I'm, yeah. I'm just rubbish at drawing, so I'm always a bit like uh, I don't know, I don't want to buy it and then find out I'm not really good at it. <laughs> oh, I don't think you need to be good at drawing. I mean, it's really it. It's very difficult at first when you first get one, but it's really handy. I mean, even just graphic design, I would still, I would still use one if I was doing that too. I mean, yeah. they're really good. Do you ever like use their brushes on Photoshop or like just you have so much more control? I mean, you don't necessarily have to be illustrating, but if you're just doing a mask or something, blurring out something, it's really good. And it's got the pressure sensitivity. Yeah. So I mean, I'm, I'm more branding and, and stuff mm. at the moment but um yeah i'm sure oh, it should come handy with that like with line drawing lines and and uh drawing yeah. logos and that and like i was, I was trying actually this is a good point i probably should get one <laughs> uh yeah. there's i was drawing um leafy florals uh for a logo and okay. yeah uh is that is that right leafy florals like the little you know i like have uh, the scouts logo and it's got the leaf coming out um 
locomotive. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Might be. But anyway, <laughs> that sort of stuff. And uh, and I, I find it really hard to do it with a mouse. So maybe with a freehand, it'll probably be a bit easier to get the curve. Because yeah. uh, it's quite intricate as well. Yeah, you should definitely try it. Do you mostly use Illustrator? Yeah, Illustrator mainly. Yeah, yeah. I'll check it out. I'll, I'll see if my birthday's coming up, so I'll see what happens. I'm, I'm yeah, get the one for under 100 if you don't want to spend it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, final question. It's a big one. Yeah. How do you want to be remembered? Probably by my art. That would be really good. <laughs> to be, yeah, remembered as an illustrator. I mean, actually, what I want to veer towards, so I've sort of focused on my art, but I would like to now have a message within my art. So I did like a recent one on um, endangered animals and their species. Mm. So I think art is great but art with a message is even greater so that's what i think i'm going to try focus on perhaps now if i can build a platform and then promote a message to that platform that would be really good so maybe not just my art but if i could be remembered as an an art with that's really said something or changed someone's view that would be even better that's awesome love it that's really good uh, <laughs> and make people say hello on social media yeah what shall I say? My like, handles, my Instagram yeah. is Freyabets Art. Actually, everything is Freyabets Art. My Twitter is, my Facebook is, um, and then my website is freyabets.co.uk. So just need to search my name really and hopefully it will come up. <laughs> awesome. Thank you very much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. As mentioned before, you can go to Design Cuts down in the description below and there's the affiliate link that will help out the podcast whilst getting yourself some great graphic design resources that will help out your work. Please also do check out Freya's links down in the description. Thank you very much for listening. Check out the other podcasts. Uh, have a great day and I'll see you in the next one.